Lamar roasts a kid in real life for not owning GTA 5. So obviously I don't like just sitting here watching stuff, but this is at the very least an advertisement. I can't recall if I've seen this before, but this was an advertisement for GTA 5, and it involves Lamar doing his, uh, bitches on your dick thing, but like a PG-13 version of it. Mom, can I you can almost hear him say the n-word before he says delinquent like he pa he pauses there for a nanosecond it's interesting because like, I'm sure there's a lot of advertisements that were done for GTA 5 that I'd find endearing now that I've never seen. Another example was one that came up in Facts and Glitches. So, there were character trailers for each of the characters. Like, it's just scenes from the game and some little extra things, but like, I'd never seen these before. And I guess this is in large part because I didn't really have an interest in Grand Theft Auto before it came on PC and I started to speak on it. I watched the cutscene movie on YouTube because I didn't have the consoles. But, uh, I, I guess I missed out on all this advertising for it. It's gonna be interesting to see what kind of stuff they do when GTA 6 comes out. I'm gonna be involved in that now. It's gonna be cool. Modders are crashing streamers in GTA 5 single player. So I received an interesting DM from one of my viewers. So I'm not gonna read all this, but basically, a Twitch VTuber named Suri was trying to play GTA 5 and kept getting crashed in their game. And one of my viewers messaged me and like, hey, yo, can you, like, tell them why this is happening? Like, why is this happening? They couldn't figure it out. Even though they changed, like, versions and stuff, they kept getting kicked. Is this because they were not saving the game or something? What's going on? And, of course, this was because of the mod menus being so powerful right now that they can even crash people in single player. So this person was playing the single player version of GTA 5 and getting kicked out repeatedly. And so I sent them an email being like, hey, yo, you can use Guardian and stuff and all that jazz. Didn't get a response because I suspect, as this person eventually told me, that because they've got thousands of viewers, right? They didn't need my help to learn about Guardian. They're, they're, surely one of their other viewers informed them to use that. But I just found this really funny that people just trying to casually play a single player game were unable to escape the wrath of the mod menus from GT Online. So it ended well in that they obviously were given advice to avoid this using Guardian so the, the mod menus can't crash them, but kind of stupid. As I say, I really hope that Rockstar learns their lesson and doesn't combine GTA 6 single player and GTA Online. Because this will just happen again. People will find ways to hack into the single player game through the online connection and fuck with people, especially streamers. I used an AI to complete my GTA Guesser thumbnail. So Joker and me were talking after the release of the GTA Guesser video where I versed him in GTA Guesser. And uh, I said to him, like, his picture is so high quality and mine is not. I really should have something better made, like to match his quality. And so he sent me a bunch of things that an AI just spit out after being given my profile image. And this is what it spit out. Well, the best one in my view. It is somewhat annoying that it's got like this haze over the hair, so I can't kind of remove it from this background, but it's interesting. Like, what is this shirt even meant to be? Look how weird it is. Because this is meant to be like the white jacket, but there's just like a hole here and hole here. I don't know. But regardless, I put it in the thumbnail. 
And that does look a lot better than the first one. This compared to this. It fits more. What I didn't check is I wonder if the viewership went up after changing the thumbnail. Let's take a look. Eh, I can't tell if there was a difference. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe a tiny bump or something, but I still think it's a better thumbnail. The style matches, but certainly it's less identifiable as me now because I do not look like that. <laughs> YouTube and society does not understand how language works. So previously we discussed how YouTube was changing how they were looking at swearing. Again, it's an American company. I swear if, if YouTube was in any other country in the world, we wouldn't be dealing with this stuff, but it's America. So, but the change that scared me when I read the changes was that they were going to be changing how they were looking at swearing throughout the entire video. And this was how they were going to treat all swearing as somehow equal. So if you said bitch or fuck, they're now equivalent. It doesn't matter if one is a lesser swear word than the other one. It doesn't matter. Like if you, if you swear too much during the video, you could get demonetized. And so my recent chaos video, which hasn't released yet, it got demonetized. And what it said was swearing in the first seven seconds or frequent swearing throughout the video. Now, what is frequent? I don't know because my videos have always had frequent swearing in them because it's a part of the game and I swear a bit myself. The beginning of GTA 5 has the lines with uh, Lamar and Lamar saying the N word, even with the A at the end or whatever. Maybe that's why it was picked up, but I checked the first seven seconds, even the first 15, there is no swearing. Although at 13 seconds, there's a word on screen, shit, for like two frames in chat. So that could be the reason why it got picked up or again, the swearing throughout the video. But this getting demonetized makes me feel justified in my concern that I expressed in the previous rambles. Because what if they now have just like a counter where they're like, for every 10 minutes of video, you can swear twice. Or what if they don't consider the length of the video and you get 10 swears regardless of the video length. And if you do more than 10, you're out. It doesn't matter if my video is two hours long. If I'm, if I'm at 11 swears, I'm done. I deleted the demonetized one and then re-uploaded it and the second one was not demonetized. This is all fairly silly. As I've said before, I assume this is just YouTube's attempt to, as best as possible, keep the advertisers happy, make them not get scared off or something by swearing, prevents advertisers being put on videos that they shouldn't be put on. But this is just really dumb. I just don't understand this obsession with suggesting certain words are taboo. Words are just vehicles for communicating meaning and swear words eventually reach the point where they don't really have any real meaning in how they're used. They just work to communicate a feeling. Like when you call a person a bastard, you are not necessarily calling into question their lineage or whether or not their parents were married. That could have been the case once upon a time, but now it's just to call a dude a tosser. Say, I don't like you, you're a bastard sort of thing. If I used a different word to communicate the same sentiment, if the sentiment isn't inoffensive, then the word shouldn't matter. Like we could all collectively tomorrow decide to use like the next letter along or something for a bunch of words. Like instead of fuck, we say guck. And the feelings communicated would be the same, but from how these rules are dealt out, it wouldn't be bad for people. Cause oh, that's not a taboo word. Cause it's a slightly different sound. So it's fine. And that's just nonsense. It's funny that this stuff was explained to me as a kid all the way back in, you guys remember the show Recess on the Disney Channel? There was a plot line where TJ, the main character, was sent to detention because he said womps. Womps is just his word that he made up 
to express discontent with what's going on. He's like, this wumps. Oh, man. We got so wound up in Detweiler's story, we missed recess. This wumps. What did you say, Detweiler? I just said this wumps. That's it, Mr. Potty Mouth. It's the principal's office for you. March. But, but Mr. Fister, you don't understand. But eventually, one of the teachers is like, I'm, I'm not up to date with your newfangled slang, but I know a bad word when I hear them. You're going to detention. This is a very serious situation. A very serious situation indeed. We can't have bad language in school. I know, sir, but... You see, bad language undermines authority. It demonstrates impertinence, disrespect, laziness. But all I said was... I know what you said. Now, I can't keep up with you kids and your gutter slang, but Miss Finster assures me it's filthy. I have no choice but to give you detention level five. Level five? Man, this swamps. Make that level six. Are you ready to push me any further? And the argument was made uh, with this kind of discussion of like, is it the word that matters or the feeling or, or what have you? And... In other words, TJ was merely using a word to communicate his discontent with the situation, and being discontent with the situation is not offensive, nor should it be. He was being punished not for the feeling that he was communicating, but for the suggestion that he was using a bad word. It is the way that society treats language as if the words matter rather than the meaning and feeling being communicated is nonsense to me. But I can't change society, man. People are weird. I wonder how many people are going to remember that episode and be like, oh, a recess, man, that was a great show. Xander and Yelnif asks, if YouTube now treats all profanity as equal, does that mean the C word is not as bad? It depends whether they like increased it to the level of C word or like C word went down. Because like, it's hard to imagine that the N word, for example, is now being treated by YouTube as the same as fuck, right? Previously, they had like a special category for the C word for the FA word and the M word. They considered the C word to be a slur for women on the same vein, which in my culture, that is obviously not the case. And it would just seem weird if they were just to like make these equal in any capacity. So I don't know what they mean by saying that all profanity is treated equal, but I can't imagine they're doing that. In other words, I don't think I'm going to get my pastor's episode where Trevor says the C word like nine times undemonetized, unfortunately. Maybe one day. Is reacting the only way to thrive as a Twitch streamer? So the War Owl released a video talking about how he's no longer going to be focusing on Twitch. It's an interesting video, mirrors a lot of my same thoughts, but the beginning was potentially something that you can likely hear coming out of my own mouth. You can go to YouTube to watch original content, or you can go to Twitch to watch people watch YouTube's original content. Greetings, hi, the War Owl. Yeah, so I've mirrored similar thoughts, where Twitch ultimately is just people watching YouTube videos, because the people who do that the most are going to be the most successful, because they don't need to spend the time thinking of ideas, making stuff themselves, uh, hiring people, all that jazz, no editing, whatever, and you end up with the same end result. And you can stay live as long as possible to farm the natural exposure of the platform away from the other creators on that platform. You just want to stay perpetually live, and you can't do that if you actually have to make the content yourself. Very interesting video, though. Feel free to go watch it. There's like a line or two in here that I'm like, yeah, 100%. I doubt he and I share the exact same views on everything or whatever, but uh, it was just interesting just seeing a person just randomly uh, mirror my own thoughts. Is passion a must-have for a successful YouTube career? Ghost Band asks, Do you think you need to be passionate to be on YouTube? Or you think it's like a business? The lower stages of YouTube are so lacking in positive reinforcement that you kind of need to be passionate about it to get through that. As time goes on and the money becomes more of a thing, people can lose their passion, but 
now realize it's so lucrative to continue that they continue it more as a business than anything else. And you've likely seen other creators do that kind of stuff. But as people often say, people don't really start YouTube or Twitch or whatever with the goal of making fat stacks. It is a thing you get into because you like it, you like doing it, you like everything involved with it, and it just kind of leads into that. Do you need to be passionate? Maybe logically, no. It's just, it's hard to imagine how they could survive long enough to become successful without that initial passion. This channel changed my perspective on point-and-click adventure game speedruns. I've talked to you guys before about how I'm in a Discord with a bunch of people who make like speedrun documentaries and stuff. So I get to see their videos when they come out or, or links to them. I don't watch them all because I don't have the time, but I do watch quite a bit of them. And recently I spent the time watching one short eyes videos. All these videos here are about like point and click adventure games. Now you wouldn't think that they'd be interesting like in terms of their history and stuff, but they really are. Especially because it's such a niche thing done by like a tight collection of, you call them friends, I, I'm not sure, a little community, and they have a more understandable and digestible history that can be condensed into a video like this. And it's just nice to watch these people so passionate about something that really mainly only they care about. I've talked before about how I love passion. Like these people aren't speedrunning for the, for like to get thousands of viewers, or whatever. They're, they're speedrunning for the love of speedrunning. Something that most people would think is crazy to even speedrun. It is truly lovely to watch. And his voice sounds good as well. If you skip the cat or bag the cat in most of the rooms, you have to wait two minutes. Like I, I just find his voice very soothing and the presentation done so well. I highly recommend these videos if you just want to binge watch some speedrunning lore documentary videos or whatever. Great stuff. The in and outs of making a Twitch stream into a YouTube video. Dern Noob Killer on the Discord asks, how do you determine that you will put something in a YouTube video from your Twitch streams? Is it based on what you think is funny and entertaining to you or what you think will be received better by your audience? It depends whether you're asking about like the overarching stream or whether you're asking about like what from a stream do I put into a video? For the first question, everything I stream is streamed with the purpose of it becoming a YouTube video, at least 90% of the time. To the other question, I often say this to new editors. As a rule of thumb ask, is what I have included interesting or funny by itself? If no, is it necessary for something else to be funny or interesting? If no, why is it there? And you need a very good answer to that question. Because obviously there's gonna be slower moments or just dumps of information to make other things make sense. You can't just have rapid fire cuts to particular things without context. But at the same time, you don't want anything to drag too long. I got an, uh, an edit from someone recently who cut like an hour and 50 minutes down to like an hour and half of it can just be cut out. Like it's meaningless stuff. Some people fall into this trap when they're cutting down VODs, but that I mean live stream footage. They fall into the trap of making an abridgment of the stream as opposed to trying to make a YouTube video. So if you go to the bathroom at some point, that's in there to some degree. Like you cut it down, but that's a part of the stream. So you're going to keep it in. If you wait around for five minutes with nothing happening, some of that's kept in because that was what happened in the stream. When you could just cut that entire section out completely. You could do things for 10 minutes that sure you did those things for 10 minutes, but none of that's interesting. It should be cut out. But people falling into this abridgment trap will just condense that down rather than removing it like actually assessing whether it should be kept in the video. Hope that helps. Elon Musk's never-ending unfulfilled promises scam. I'm sure most of you by now understand that 
Elon Musk's, uh, what's it called, a vaporware salesman, where like for his entire career, he has just said, hey, we have the newest technology. We're going to innovate, change the world. We're like one year away from completely automated cars. We're one year away from revolutionizing space travel. We're one year away from revolutionizing public transport, all that jazz. One year away from solving traffic in cities. And then like that year comes by. It's like, no, next year, guys, next year. And this technique was used to massively pump the stock of things like Tesla and enabling him to bail out with what 40 billion dollars of sold shares and now the entire thing's crashed. It, it, this is a scam that's been going on forever where a person over promises and presents themselves as a, a person about to change the world so everyone hops on buys shares and so they can sell their shares and, and get out. But it's funny that some people don't see this still even when things like this come out where it is cars in a tunnel, and they're like, hey man, cars in the tunnel with RGB, this is going to revolutionize the world. Holy shit, like, singular cars in tunnels, as if we haven't had, like, buses and trains forever, right? So many videos have been made comparing the two different technologies, but you still get these people who are like, wow, this is the coolest thing in the world, dude. It's going to save about 15 minutes, man. But it's just always going to be the case that some people are going to know so little that they'll buy anything, either in the sense of actually purchasing a product or accepting entirely false information. That's how Elon built himself to being who he is today. It's nuts though. Oh, true, yeah, I mean, I, I did kind of overlook the RGB in the tunnel. It's rain, happy rainbow lights, man. That's well worth it. Does Discord impact the growth of my channel? Xander and Yalnif asks, how much of an impact on your channels would you say having a Discord has? What good does it do for you, etc.? I have no way to quantify that, which is kind of annoying. Some people don't like the idea of having a Discord as a creator because it ends up a place full of drama and shit talking and all that jazz and stuff can happen in the Discord or people can discuss things in the Discord that can reflect on you as a person, but we've never had that issue. The best thing the Discord does for me is it enables me to have a bunch of rooms for people to give me suggestions or information for stuff that I'm trying to make. Or if I have like a tech issue or something, I'm like, hey, everyone in the Discord, can you give me a hand with this? I don't do much of the day-to-day -day conversations and stuff like from general or the section that's mainly for members and stuff. Like, I don't deal with a lot of that. There have been times in the history of the Discord where there has been drama and certain people have left in a, a half or some people need to be banned or people have DM people inappropriate stuff. This is few and far in between though. It is also the best way to have people be able to get alerts for the stuff that I make. Because you can go in there and in the role react section and click one of the things like you want to be alerted for live streams or alerted for videos, for example. It was a lot better before everyone muted at everyone and at here and at human or whatever, because I could instantly give a message to endless people. But since everyone's muted that, now it only reaches like a tiny fraction of what once did. But it still has some value. Will there ever be a speedrun world record progression for GTA 5? A visible nickname asks, do you think Summoning Salt could make a video about GT5 speedrunning? If so, would you like to help or collaborate with him on that video? So I'm pretty sure Summoning Salt doesn't like me. And to the practical realities of it, I don't think GTA 5 speedrunning is something that can be really condensed into an easily understood video. It, the run is just so amazingly long and the history so extensive. Like think of just like watching the runs to understand the development how long that would take. I have conceived of over the years different ways that I could personally make a video like that 
And you saw one of them a few years ago where I just made like a bar graph race of how the world record changed. But the most practical thing that I devised was just looking at the world records and saying, what did this runner do that made them better than the previous runner's world record? Like what strats changed between them? Even if like those runs weren't the first implementation of those strats, what changed? Because a lot of the old stuff isn't super documented. A lot of the players from back then you can't really reach. But at the end of the day, I just don't think the video would be successful enough to warrant the hundreds of hours that that would take. It'd be like my biggest pacifist episode times like 10. And certainly Summoning Self doesn't have any particular interest in GTA 5. I mean, I'd be surprised if he didn't like GTA in general. Like, it's very common, but... The unfortunate reality of forgetting those who helped me succeed. Xander and Yalnif also asked, Do you remember that time Markiplier cried because he realized that he can't have a personal relationship with his entire audience or a large part of it? For obvious reasons, the audience being a large collection. Have you ever had a similar epiphany? Or was it always something that went without saying for you? I have never cried about that. And it has always been an obvious eventual reality. But you can almost never really have a personal relationship with someone who's just like watching your videos or watching your live streams or something. You can know stuff about them, you can know their name, but you do usually end up just assigning some sort of positive or negative association with that particular person over time, and that's about all there is. While live streaming is a bit more personal, it's not that personal. But certainly in the earlier days, I did know more of my viewers and interact with them to greater degrees and knew more about them. And you just had to accept over time that that became less and less and less as uh, like I grew larger. I do often look at my old videos and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember that dude. He used to come around all the time and now he doesn't. That's sad. I remember that person. Oh, we used to talk all the time and now they're not here. That's unfortunate. Or I think to people, viewers that I, I used to see all the time and, and talk to some degree and now we don't talk. The thing that's always bothered me more is rather than not having a personal relationship, what bothers me more is that I can't even remember all the people who have helped me along the way. Countless people who have helped me in big or small ways, they'll likely remember me. They'll remember that they helped me, but I will not remember at this point. Because it's just impossible to remember that many people over this many years. And that sucks, because acts of kindness, you know, make the world better for everyone. And such things deserve to be remembered and appreciated, but it's literally impossible for me to do that. And that's, again, just something you've got to accept. It's one of the worst parts of being in this position, but that's life. Will sleeping pills allow me to have a normal life again? So first bit of good news, chat. I have been given sleeping pills. I'm rest. Zopikion. So I thought that this stuff wasn't available, but it turns out you just need a prescription for it. So whenever I'm unable to sleep, like last night, I went to bed at like 9am, pop one of these. Unfortunately, they are addictive, and if you use too many of them, then you kind of can't function without them or something. So no more than two weeks in a row, but I don't plan to use them two weeks in a row. Basically, when I have a night where I can't sleep, I'll use one. Either that, or to like reset my sleeping pattern, I'll use one, and that's all I plan to use them for. So hopefully this works out for me, and I can actually have a normal life again, which I haven't been able to have for like a year. We'll see. Did I ever play Hades? Yeah, I've played heaps of Hades. I speed ran it back when it was in beta. When the Hydras were the final boss. <laughs> I played 15 hours of the official release. It is definitely a game that I could have seen myself playing more, but I was just like, eh. No, honestly, I should go back to it. Especially if I'm playing State Aspire again. It just wasn't particularly popular with my audience. 